All right. Well, welcome to uh, an episode of Brightscape Presents. Uh, today, uh, you have myself, Scott Boyles, and um, Eric Weiss. Eric is joining us from his nice corner office out there in Fort Collins and uh, telling me that his weather is nice in the balmy 88, 90 degrees, and mine is 107 today. So, yep, less the humidity. <laughs> what are so, we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about the third part of our alternative podcast. Um, it's um, Prime Consumer Loans. Oh, okay. Yeah. So tell me, wh- why do Prime Consumer Loans make sense, make sense for a client portfolio? Well, that's a really good question. First off, tell me what they are. Oh, okay. A prime consumer loan is a uh, loan made to an individual through um, an online lending platform, which would be a company like Prosper Lending Club or SoFi. And these loans are made to uh, people that have better credit than the typical credit card borrower. And that's translated to about a FICO score 30 points higher than a typical credit card borrower. And what happens is when these people get these loans, they use them to pay down, not all the time, but most of the time, uh, high credit card debt, high cost credit card debt. So if you look at credit card rates, those of you that use a credit card, even though interest rates are still at very low levels, credit card rates are probably 19, 20% or 18%. Whereas a prime consumer loan is about 12 to 13 to 14%. So there's an immediate advantage for someone who has the qualities to get this loan, to take the loan and use it to pay down credit card debt. And the other thing that's, that's different from a credit card borrower is that the key thing with a credit card borrower, it's called a revolving line of credit. So a revolving line of credit means the full balance never has to be repaid in a credit card. You just have to pay the minimum amount each and every month. In contrast, loans to prime consumers here are repaid either in three years or five years. And critically, the person starts to repay the principal right out of the box. So you will know immediately or the lender will know immediately whether or not there's going to be a problem. Whereas if someone is only paying the minimum amount, even someone with very poor credit He's able to come up with the money and keep the loan current. So you don't get any early warning signals until the thing is really bad for a credit card. So there it is. Um, well, great. Thanks for the explanation. I think um, the other thing too is when you, isn't the average about $10,000 uh, yeah, for the loan? Yeah, the average loan size. Uh, I think it's 11,000 or something like that, 11,000. And for instance, when the client is investing in these loans, it goes through a fund that's called the River North Marketplace Lending Fund. So that fund is invested in not one loan, but over 25,000 different loans covering borrowers, primarily in the biggest states in the country, California, Texas, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, and, and Illinois. So it's a diversified group of borrowers from a diversified uh, group of states. 
And, and we're buying a book of their business. We're not investing in those companies you were mentioning, like Square, Prosper. We're not investing in those companies. It's the actual book or um, loans that they have on those books. Exactly. Right. We're not making an investment in those companies, um, simply buying a piece of their portfolio. Yeah. Why do you think this is a good idea? <laughs> well, if you look at what's happened to traditional investments, be they U.S. stocks, international stocks, or what have you, um, the levels of correlations are much higher today than they've ever been. So to get a diversified portfolio uh, in the past, you could invest outside the United States and that would give you the benefit. Whereas today, you don't get that same benefit. Prime consumer loans are very low correlation to the U.S. stock market or even negative correlation to the U.S. stock market. Therefore, you get the diversification benefits that are no longer available through traditional investments. You know, and, and that's something that we, we also looked at the recession uh, impact, the impact if there was a recession. And so, Eric, do you want to go into that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so we have data that goes back to loans that were made back in 2008. So a borrower who took out a loan in January of 2008, that loan return was about 3% through the recession. So obviously um, the companies that made these loans, for instance, Lending Club, uh, incurred write-offs of credit card, uh, write-offs of, of loan debt because of the recession. And that reduced the return from about six to eight percent to more like two or three percent so i think the, the takeaway from that is that the um borrowers held up fairly well although there were write-offs that were increased from what it was before but you still had a positive return it was a reduced return but positive i mean you know, going forward, everyone's talking about the risk of a recession and, you know, what happens to the consumer when that happens again. So there's a couple data points. If you look at the consumer, um, and the uh, consumer today is much stronger than they were um, going into the previous recession. And um, that has to do with um, debt to income and loans as a percentage of the clients and the consumer net worth. Much better data today than it was prior to the previous recession in 2007. Yeah, are you trying to look up those numbers? I think off the top of my head, it was like, what? I, we ran it on GDP and I think we were at 130% of GDP at the peak of 2008. Is that right? And then we currently today, we're just over a hundred. So that, and that's, yeah. um, credit to, uh, discretionary income. Right. So, yeah, I mean, just generally the consumer today is, is stronger than they were prior to the previous recession, which, you know, going into it, if things get bad, um, the consumer should be better able to handle a downturn, even if it's a severe downturn as, as we had in 08 and 09. You know, and, and uh, I've had a couple questions of like, why can't I just go directly to Prosper and Lending Club and do it on my own? 
and uh, and I think what we found and what we like about going through a fund is the ability to get natural diversification, like you said, twenty five thousand loans versus doing individual loans. In fact, these loans started out, <clears throat> the marketplace called them peer-to-peer lending in 2007. Um, since that time, the industry's matured. It's, it is a young industry. It's only 10 years old. But that being said, these loans have been around for hundreds of years, basically. Like, well, how many times do you ask for people for money, right? So, Well, that's, that's right. Um, yeah, let's go through it. You could... You could sign up on, you know, the website of Lending Club or Prosper and, and make loans to, to individuals. But once again, number one, you, there's minimums. And I think it's either 25000 or 50000 So you got to come up with 50000 And then it goes into just a few loans. Um, whereas if you invest in a fund, you get thousands of loans. So bingo you're much more diversified through a fund. Yes, it'll cost a little more because there are fund expenses, but uh, you're more protected from a diversification perspective. You know, would you rather own three or four loans or 25,000 loans? And secondly, yeah, I mean, consumer loans have been around for hundreds of years. Traditionally, these loans sat on the balance sheet of banks. Um, You know, the banks didn't want to sell these off because these are the most profitable part of their business. If you look at a typical corporate loan, the bank's profit margin is about two to three percent. If that, and, and, you know, for a good bar, it's less than one percent. Whereas for a consumer loan, the profit margin is on the order of seven, eight, or nine percent. So these loans have never really been sold off to, from the banks to uh, individual investors. With the advent of the um, online lending platforms, this is now. Um, something that retail investors can invest in. Well, and the reason, you know, also what's important to keep in mind is how these online lending platforms use artificial intelligence and they use artificial intelligence um, to better screen um, borrowers. Let me give you an example. Because they're dealing in thousands and thousands of loans, they have many, many data points. So a typical borrower has 100 different data points that they consider. So if you take 100 different data points over tens of thousands of loans, you have a lot of data, you know, big data. So big data gives rise to the ability to create Uh, relationships to see what are possible outcomes if certain things happen or certain things don't happen. So the online lending platforms have used words that borrowers put in credit applications to see which words give rise to borrowers who will repay the loan and which words give rise to borrowers that will not repay the loan. So by using this artificial intelligence, they're in a much better position to screen the best borrowers and avoid write-offs. And, and aren't, they're only getting better too, because the more data points that they're picking up through the 10 years that these companies specifically have been around, the more accurate they become. Well, so. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And <clears throat> another thing too, isn't there something to be said? I feel like in a rising interest rate environment, you know, you were talking about banks doing loans. Well, 
the reason why banks don't currently do 10 or $11,000 loans now is because they don't make any money on them. Right. Yeah. That's a very good point. So after the, um, the Dodd Frank law was passed, what was that in 210, I think <clears throat> that imposed a lot of regulatory costs on the banks that they, you know, have to do increased reporting to the government and this costs money. So the smaller banks, um, rather than do that, they just stop making some loans. And if you look at the banks, uh, at, at, a hundred million of assets and less. And those banks were traditionally the source of these types of loans. The number of those banks, I think has decreased by 70 or 80% over the past 10 years. And so, as you said, I mean, JP Morgan is not going to sit down and spend the time to make an $11,000 loan to Bob to repay his credit cards. You know, he'll, they'll say, you know, take out a credit card and do it that way. So, the, the regulatory environment has created excess costs and taken a lot of the banks out of the game. And this void has been replaced by the online lending platforms. Well, the other thing too, is banks don't want to give up that 19% credit card either. I mean, that's a well, that's substantial right. Yeah. Right. interest rate that right. they're getting. So that's right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> where do you, where do you think the future is going? I have my opinion, but where, where do you think it's going? Well, I think as um, this asset class becomes a more used asset class um, by individual investors, it's going to drive down the returns. But right now, it's it's not well known and it's not widely used. So it's a good time to get into it. So me as an investor, I walk into your office and I say, I'm interested. How much do you put of my money in there? Yeah, that's a good question. For any alternative investment, we look to put up to f- up to five, maybe six or seven percent of the client portfolio. And where would that come from? In this case, it would come from some of your U.S. equity investments and maybe as some of your high risk bond investments. This is where this asset class fits. It's kind of equity like in its return, but it's also bond like in terms of its risk or high risk bonds in, in terms of its risk. So, you know, it's, it goes in between equity and, and, and debt or the high risk debt. So up to 5% of the portfolio taking out some of the uh, U S equity exposure. And we would do that based on the individual. It's not just a generic overlay. So. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, what else, man? Um, I think we've covered it. I mean, if people have questions, they should contact us because we are the name in alternative investing. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, that sounds great. Um, you have anything else to add? I think I'm good. Stay out of the sun. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't tease me there. Okay. All right. 